So we've been getting some crazy ice storms here. I'm in DC. Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah, they they just like don't know how to act sometimes when the roads are icy. So yeah, I used uh, to live in DC for ten years. So oh, I, nice. I know it's much it's much better up here, but still, it's um, like today. It's supposed to start overnight, and it didn't start till like ten o'clock. So they were, um, I think, a little behind on plowing wow. and stuff. Yeah, I can only imagine. Yeah, we were stuck in the house and couldn't do much, but. Yeah, um, I, I live like a block from the office, so I just walk to work and. That's awesome. Uh, I can walk home later. <laughs> Bring your boots. <laughs> yeah, I wear my boots. I wear my snow boots today. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is part of the uh, Diversitex Weight podcast, I guess. And literally, you're like, the first interview I've had since we started the Versatex community. And what that is, is just bringing people uh, together in this industry, designers, architects, engineers. And I was actually creeping on your uh, profile on the website. So I was like looking through um, your background. I was like, oh my gosh, she would be perfect for uh, this Versatex scholars program that I'm running with a local school here. It's a high okay. school. So I will um, write more information after this podcast here because okay, I think yeah, it be really, really cool. Um, but anyways, let's get into it. So I'm Brian. This is our first time meeting each yes. other. Um, and I, I'm the, I don't know, I'm like the uh, marketing manager in the field, but I also do a bunch of different things with Versatex, meet people like you. And how this came about was with Interstate Lumber and you know, Ben and the whole team over there has been awesome. Have you guys been using them a lot for quite a bit, I, I assume? We use, um, we use Interstate exclusively for all of our lumber, windows, trim, basically anything Interstate sells, um, we only buy from them. So That's we awesome. have a, we have a like 30 year relationship with them going way back. Wow. That's crazy. That's cool. Yeah. Thanks for setting this up, Interstate. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, so so let's let's get into it, Robin. Uh, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, so my name's Robin Carroll. I am the um, director of design here and also of our residential construction. But now we've are kind of segueing into more multifamily um, commercial jobs. And currently working on our big project is the that we're developing or is called View New Canaan. It is a multifamily project, which is kind of unique because it combines um, rental units and condominium units. So we have four different buildings on our property. It's um, a property just under four acres of land uh, with 50% green space. So it's four buildings kind of set in a park-like setting um, with fire pits and grilling stations and playgrounds and um, you know, benches and lots of places to congregate. 
So kind of multiple outdoor, you know, gathering spaces for the residents and basically trying to create um, a community. So, you know, looking, cool. so, you know, especially with um, COVID, which we didn't really plan on, you know, we've been planning the project for like five years now. So, um, but, you know, in hindsight, it's, it's definitely been good because it really, we have roof decks um, where people can congregate and just a lot of outdoor spaces, which seem to be, you know, uh, not in a snowstorm, but normally on a, on a nice day where everybody wants to be today to get together is outside. Yeah. Um, so that's been really good. I mean, it's a very amenity rich community where we have fitness centers, we have a dog wash, um, we have a dog walk. So it's a pet friendly community. That's so and, cool. you know, we have um, underground parking. So it's actually really nice. You drive, there's one parking garage that sits under the entire property. So you drive in under the building, you park kind of somewhere near your elevator core, take an elevator up to your unit, and it's all single level living. So, you know, it's kind of for people that are either, we kind of have found that um, our two rental buildings, we have 59 rentals. We are, I think we have 53 units rented and we just opened in December 1st. So the rentals have been really well received and, you know, That's the people, awesome. we have kind of a split demographic um, about a bunch of, you know, young kind of young couples um, coming out of the city now. And then a lot of, uh, you know, the move down demographic people who have just recently sold their homes, but still want to keep a place in New Canaan, um, you know, no more shoveling, no more lawn care, um, we'll do all that for you. So. Um, it's, it's been really well received. We just started our condo sales um, this past month and we've sold three out of 40 already. So, wow. um, yeah, that's a unique area, especially for, for that area. I mean, Connecticut and New England alone is such a unique construction, uh, I guess, part of the industry. It's just like so rich with one design architecture and like to have a, a community and such a, uh, a condensed market like New England, that's pretty cool. Yeah, um, yeah, because time. space is limited here. I mean, that's one thing, even though, I mean, you see a lot of big homes on big properties, but you yeah. don't see this kind of multifamily in these little towns. I mean, a lot of these, you know, villages, I guess you would call New Canaan, is more like a village, have really kind of fought the denser housing, but there's a huge need today for denser housing and people that want to walk you know we're we're 500 feet from the metro north train station um, walk to town walk to the restaurant shops um, the grocery store cvs walgreens um, so you know it's really you know there's really been a trend toward people wanting to live where they can not get in their car every day and this is you know, this is totally serving that time that kind of need yeah, no, I absolutely get it. Um, here in DC, the traffic alone is insane. Well, you know how it is. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. actually, our architect, our architect on this job is from DC. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, TEG Architects. They're they're okay. located kind of right in Chinatown. Nice. Uh, yeah. Wow. And yeah, when they were actually in the design process, I mean, we have all these bike racks down in the garage, and they were saying in DC now, like a lot of the don't even require much parking at all, but tons of bike parking, yes. which is great. 
And we've actually yeah. been surprised. I mean, we have, I think, bike racks right now for like 30 bikes. And we were like, oh, nobody's going to use the bike racks. And they're full. Yeah. So, can get enough. Yeah. So it's great. I mean, and it's winter time. So I'm assuming in this, when the weather gets nice, you know, we're going to have to add some more bike racks, which is great. I mean, if people all want to ride their bikes, we would love that. Yeah. So. It, it's cool. Like, um, just the city living and, and like here in DC and over there too, you're so close to more rural areas too, within like an hour and a half or so, not far at all. So like some people like to get away from, from the city life and it's easier to access that way. And I think design also changes in the way people use design. Um, my wife's an interior design, so I hear it all the time and how, how the, the spacing and planning is so integral. But, uh, you know, I, I look at your uh, projects on Instagram. I, I, they're all over the place. And I just kind of want to pick your, your, your brain a little bit um, as, as, a, as a design minded person like where where does this passion for your design come from is it always uh you know you've you've always been in design like growing up and all and all that like how, how did you get into this industry well yeah i decided i want to be an architect actually in high school um okay. i grew up in atlanta georgia in a neighborhood called sandy springs so when we were there you know we were my parents built our house when I was four and we lived in a neighborhood where, you know, kind of my whole life, they were building up the area, just, you know, a suburb of Atlanta. And, you know, we used to play in all the, you know, down the street, like there'd be a new house being built. We used to play in the houses and go in on the weekends and climb all around. And I don't know, since I was a little kid, I just loved building things and always wanted to be an architect. So I did, I went to architecture school, um, got my master's at, um, Georgia Tech, went to Arizona State undergrad. And then I worked actually in DC for, you know, a big commercial architecture firm, um, a firm called Cooper Carey for yep. like 10 years doing. They're, they're in Georgetown, I think, right? Um, in Old Town. In Old Town. Okay. Yeah. Old Town, Alexandria. Um, but I worked for them for like 10 years. I worked for their Atlanta office when I was at Georgia Tech as a co-op, doing a co-op program. And then their DC office. And we did, uh, you know, mixed use developments, kind of the original urban planning, you know, mixed use centers all around the country. Um, and so I did that for a long time. And then, you know, when I um, had kids, I decided instead of, you know, it was hard to be out of town two days a week. Uh, and I started my own practice. So I had a design build firm um, in architecture for many years. And then I kind of started building spec homes um, for other builders. And then about eight years ago, I came joined CARP and we do development, um, you know, custom homes, renovations, uh, spec homes, and now, you know, kind of have kind of merged into the multifamily market. So as far as some of the, your residential homes, like when you look at it collectively, um, with what you're doing now, like where does that design come from? Like as far as, I don't know, what if you guys build closer to water, obviously there's different types of architecture, you know, building materials used and all that. So talk to me a little bit about some of your designs. 
I mean, you know, we do pretty a pretty good variety. I mean, we, you know, depending on the client, I mean, obviously when you're doing a custom home, right, you know, you have a design kind of style, but the client is, you know, kind of gets the final say on, on what they want, because obviously, you know, we are in a service industry where we're here to, you know, make our clients happy. And, you know, so, I mean, we do a huge variety. If you look at our website, I mean, some super, very, very modern homes to, you know, the more England, New England clapboard style house that, I mean, today it seems like everybody wants a more modern interior, but we still find we're working on a house on the water in Greenwich right now with some clients, a custom home. And, you know, they really want the modern interior, but they want the shingle style you know, New England exterior. Yeah. And so we find a lot of that, you know, I mean, the people who want, you know, to go totally modern, um, you know, all in is a little still harder for people to wrap their head around in general. Yeah. Um, but we have done a few of those in the last couple of years. And, you know, those are, you know, interestingly, the, you know, the more modern homes are harder um, you have to have a lot more precision, uh, you know, a lot better craftsmen. Um, you know, fortunately, we have great subs and great craftsmen that work with us. But, you know, it's it's a lot easier, honestly, in a traditional home to take a lot of molding and kind of cover everything up. Um, yeah. So, but really, I mean, you know, for most of the part, you know, we're kind of constantly following design trends, you know, before COVID, always going to all the trade shows, you know, going to you know, the builder shows in Vegas, going to, you know, I mean, we're so close to New York City, we, you know, go to all the design shows in, in New York, and just, you know, constantly keeping up with the trends, and I mean, you know, today, there's just so many new, constantly new products out there for, you know, building, for interiors, um, and, you know, both the technology, you know, and just aesthetically, and price-wise, I mean, constantly new kind of different, you know, wall coverings or different kind of tiles and lighting, you know, so there's really, you really have to just constantly, you know, stay on top of everything. I mean, we're, there's a company we're meeting with next week called Techno in Westport that's doing all the smart home technology, mm -hmm. all the new, um, you know, Tesla power packs, and, you know, we're going to meet with them to try to look at putting that stuff in the new in this new custom we're building. So, you know, you really just have to try to keep up on the trends and, and look, I mean, in technology, you get better insulated homes. I mean, you know, all your products, the Versatex products, you know, now there's so many products on the exterior, like everything is, you know, composite and doesn't rot, low maintenance. Um, you know, there's constantly new insulating requirements, you know, now on multifamily, you know, everything has to have exterior foam on it. So now you got a thicker wall, you have to deal with that in building construction. So, you know, there's just, you really just have to constantly educate yourself. Um, yeah. I mean, it's interesting, like as an architect, you know, you constantly have to keep getting continuing education credits, but builders, there's like zero requirements for that. <laughs> yeah which is totally yeah. fascinating since it's actually the builder who in the end yeah. has to know how to build the building and build your home. But you're so right about that. You're, you're so right. We were just talking about it yesterday. Um, like what we were talking about trends and then also like 
building science, right? I feel like uh, building science is just experimenting with all these different materials, you know, like trying to build the best wall. Um, and I think at some point, you know, they're, they're eventually, hopefully going to find like some sort of standard of going about some things um, that are just going to be integral for, for the building industry. I mean, there's so much building going on. Cost and price is, out, is obviously a driver in a lot of the projects. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head there with that. That's, it's, it's crazy how that works. How many AIA credits do you guys have to get? Like, is it 10 or 20 a year or something like that? Um, it's like, tw I think it's, you know, I don't know for sure. Cause I'm not, I, I don't practice as an architect anymore. Yeah. Um, cause I'm working, you know, as a builder developer, but, um, yeah, it's a lot of credits. I think it's, I think that it's 15 or 20. Yeah. But, you know, like again, as builders, we have zero. So everything we do on the building science and education is voluntary. Yeah. That's crazy. That's, I mean, that's a, a something to look into, right? Like with the yeah. way things are going. <laughs> I mean, well, it's also why you see a lot of, um, a lot of builders that don't stay in business that long. Yeah. I, the, the more, the longer that I've been in this, this industry, it seems to me like um, when you think about trades, like quality goes along with that. I mean, there, I think there's like a, a scale of cost of the trend, like how expensive it is. Like Versatex, we're not going to be the cheapest term for you, but at the end of the day, the quality of, um, I mean, building materials or even like uh kitchen cabinetry um, are you going to get a craftsman to build out your kitchen cabinets like you know there's that scale and you got to find that sweet spot to make it last and, and have that quality I think that's yeah. the challenge yeah I mean you know and that's why I mean like we're constantly you know that's I mean that's exactly how we sell ourselves it's never you know when we go to look at a job we're we're never going to be the cheapest person to look at it. I mean, because we're going to use quality products and quality subs. And, um, you know, I toured a house the other day. I mean, we're constantly, you know, helping clients look to buy homes also. And we do a lot of consulting. So we're always looking at, you know, what, what's on the market, what other people are building. And, you know, you walk in, I walked into this house the other day and the pictures, you know, the pictures of it, our client was like, oh, this house is great. You know, can you come look at it with us? And, I mean, every single thing you touched was, if it lasts six months, you know, the, I'm like, oh, the doors are going to be falling off. And, you know, it's just the quality of the products were so poor um, yeah. that, you know, and, and if you think about it, I mean, especially in New England, I mean, labor is so expensive that it, if you don't, if you're going to spend the money to do just on that, on the labor, you might as well spend a little bit more to do the better materials because it so pays off in the long run over time. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. Especially in your market. I mean, you're looking at different temperatures, different, um, you have four seasons. Winter just lasts a very long time. You get a lot yes. of snow, <laughs> a lot of melt, like melting snow, you know, in the home. So you really do got to look into it. Um, yeah. I mean, and even as much, you know, I mean, like you said, with the different seasons, I mean, you go from, you know, the really, extreme heat in the house to then air conditioning in the house and the humidity versus the really dry weather and yeah so, i mean we're constantly fighting that 
with, um, you know, with the trim too. I mean, even in, in your products, you know, years ago, we would, on the exterior, we would do the product and the guys weren't biscuiting the corners and stuff. And then a year later, you know, the clients would be like, oh, the, the trim is separating. And, you know, mm-hmm. over time, you just, you learn the proper way to glue it and biscuit it and install it. And, um, you know, you have to be real careful not to paint it dark colors. And, you know, you learn, yeah. you you know. learn all kinds of things you of know. what the sun, the sun does to it. <laughs> Yeah, no, you're so right about that. It's crazy. Um, can you talk about the Idea House a little bit? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, yeah so the Idea House um, we did last year for this old house um, approached us to do their 2019 Idea House with them. And, uh, you know, we were like, okay, they they wanted us to do um, a, kind of a historic renovation, but we had had owned this one property in town in New Canaan that was from the 1840s. And we were kind of thinking we weren't gonna touch it for a few years because it was just such a undertaking. And it's in the historic district here, which um, in a town like New Canaan, navigating just the approvals in the historic district are very difficult because nobody you know, wants you to do anything in the house. The original house was 1840, but it had um like five additions on it that had been done over you know over the years and the additions were you know not historic not nice and the house had been abandoned like seven years prior so it was overrun by raccoons and squirrels and you know water damage and mold and it was there wasn't a lot that you really, really want to save, I guess, is, is the point. Um, so the historic district was fighting us to not tear the house down. Um, so what we ended up, you know, agreeing to is we saved the main house, but tore all the additions down and then literally gutted the main house down to the studs, except where we saved the front facade. Um, so, so it was you know, very, um, you know, very difficult process to then keep the shell of the house standing, keep the front facade on without the other three facades. Um, but we did it and we saved the original trim and the original windows on the front um, and restored them all. Um, wow. So, you know, took the heat gun, stripped all the lead base paint off. And then we, you know, hired an architect, um, Chris Hall, had a cost cob and redesigned a kind of a brand new home that was a historic home and so from the front it still looked a lot like the original home but it you know went way back and you know all completely modern redone on the inside um with you know all kind of brand new products um you know all you know uh composite you know, maintenance-free materials on the exterior, except for the original facade and um, trim and the rest, you know, then we tied it into, um, you know, composite materials on the rest of the house. That's so crazy. I was looking at the pictures. I've been actually following it for last several months. And um, it's crazy to think that 
it doesn't even look like a historic house on like on the backside because of the deck and just the way it looks it's just so, yeah. so different um and i'll put some pictures up here too um when I'm yeah editing. i mean the topography of that house actually was really interesting because it really it's like flat in the front and then the whole house dropped yeah. off in the back so we had like multiple decks and and even your oh, main yeah. kind of your main outdoor space off your main living had to be a, a raised deck um, yeah. versus at grade because of the way the site was so we did a whole oh. big deck with an outdoor kitchen and um like this really cool two-sided vertical fireplace um i mean the great thing about it was we're working with this old house and they have kind of all these sponsors that want to be part of the project and then yeah. you kind of go to them and they'll say, well, you know, so you gotta, we, we want you to use town and country fireplaces and you go, all right. And then, you know, try to go find the coolest thing. We did like three, three two-sided see-through fireplaces in the house that were really oh. cool. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, the garage doors were from um, uh, a partner of ours. Yeah, yeah. They're, oh yeah, those are those are great. The Fimbrel, did they use they use your product in their doors, yeah, right? Yeah, Fimbrel, yeah, Versatex, yep. Yeah. Yep. So it, yeah. it was cool to see all these different uh, products come together, uh, which is kind of neat. So. Yeah, I mean, it was a great opportunity for us to just kind of learn about products we may, you know, we might not like take the risk on. I think. That vertical fireplace we did out on the on the deck was had never been installed before, you know, like so you're getting like brand new, like kind of cutting edge um, products. I mean, like LK um, had us use one of their like residential bottle fillers, which they had never like brand new product. Um, you know, we just got to do really like really cool stuff that, you know, you don't always get the opportunity to do. The, the cool thing about that. I think is you mentioned there's so many different uh, manufacturers that kind of become a part of it, but like the resources that is open to you with just like the, the knowledge, the install process, the, the information of like new products. I think that's kind of cool because it just speaks volumes about, you know, CARP, the learning curve that you guys have to, to take on projects like this, to just figure it out with, with craftsmanship. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it was great for us, though, because like Schluter, um, for example, yeah. was a sponsor. And so like the, you know, one of their techs from Schluter literally came out and installed like a whole bathroom with our guys. So, so you know, cool. we always we always use the same tile guys who actually were using the product. But even, you know, they're not you're not always doing it perfectly correct. So since they were filming and videotaping, like this guy came out, worked with our you know, with my project managers and our tile subs and, you know, showed us like walk through like an entire, the entire master shower. And then, you know, wow. showed us products, like they make these like prefab benches and niches and um, stuff that we had never used before. Um, because, you know, unless you, you know, somebody's like saying, Hey, why don't you try this? Or why don't you try that? You just think, Oh, I don't you know. No, I've never done that. So you just don't <laughs> go out on on the edge and try something different yeah. we always built our benches out of you know we framed them we wrapped them in cement board then we put the stone around them and you know they make this whole cool thing it comes in like a kit you just pop it in it yeah. was so easy but you know you're kind of scared of stuff that you don't know 
even yeah. the trays that they have is pretty cool where you just like slot into the corner and it's just yeah 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 they really cool you know just great products and you know plus we really got to meet people from all these different companies you know normally you just you order the product you get it we're this way i mean like the tile we use we went to the factory in new jersey to this marola tile factory and met all the people there and you know got to wow. like pick from the factory so it's really it's a really good experience i mean it's very time consuming yeah. um, for us but um but it was a lot of fun and you know we the prod the end product i think came out amazing as a great house um we sold it immediately um, <laughs> but you, you know it was it was a lot of fun and we got to work with you know tons of great people and the people from this old house too were great to yeah. work with. they had a great team of of people that they that worked with us so it was it was a lot of fun i think we'll we would definitely do it again we just right now we were kind of totally consumed with um they asked us to do it this past year but we've been so focused on getting our you know the view done that we just didn't have the time yeah. uh, you know not the time to do it how we want to do it which is you know to kind of go all all in so maybe next year after we get the view 100 percent done we'll have have the you know the bandwidth to, to do another one that's so cool um let me ask you this uh you know big question and, and big topic that's always been kind of thrown around in the industry is the next generation of people coming into the industry yeah there are people are saying like there's not enough young folks coming in and all that like do you notice that in in new england at all because i feel like new england is so rich with craftsmen with uh, builders you know at such a young age because it's really introduced to younger generations through their families so i kind of want to pick your brain about then what you're seeing out there yeah I, I think as far as you know i mean what we have a really hard time finding is like good carpenters um i mean you know the guys who are really craftsmen are definitely hard to find i mean we we use like one mill shop new england cabinet out of um, new britain and you know i know he's constantly struggling to you know find young people that want to work work in the mill shop and i mean we used to have like four master carpenters that you know worked in-house for us and you know those guys are they're all older i mean they just yeah. you, it's very hard to find young, young guys that, you know, want to really learn the craft. I and mean, we have a few guys that we're kind of have like junior, like carpenters, apprentices. Um, but even those guys, they're not, they're not the young guys there. I'd say they're more, you know, middle-aged guys that want to learn. Yeah. Um, it's definitely hard to get, you know, unfortunately today, you know, I mean, all the kids want to go into tech and finance and, um, you know, it is, it's an industry that is, you know, it's hard, it's hard, really hard to make money. And, you know, the other thing is the clients have gotten so much harder. Um, yeah. So, and I mean, you talk to anybody in the industry, they'll tell you that, you know, you know, years ago, you'd go, you build a house for somebody and, you know, they're, they're just, there's so much um, knowledge that's so easily available now, um, you know, that people have their expectations are so much 
higher. Yeah. You know, and then they watch the TV shows that yeah, you know, they, they built the house in a week and they're like, <laughs> why, you know, why is it taking you nine months to build my house? You, you know, I, I watched this show and they built the house in a week. You're like, okay, well, that's not reality. It, um, it always amazes me that design happens in like 30 seconds, renderings, drawings, but yeah, you, no, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right about that for sure. But you know, so people's expectations are just unfortunately not realistic um, in a lot of in a lot of cases today. And yeah, um, you know, and the, and so the clients, you really have to you know set realistic expectations. And you know, they also have very, um, you know, everybody wants a lot, um, but they don't want to spend the money to get what they want. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. So that's kind of how it rolls. But yeah, yeah, well, it's, I don't know, hopefully it gets better. Like I said, I'll, I'll shoot you uh, an email about the Versex Scholars program that I started. And it's going to be cool, I think. And we're trying to spread it to different parts of the country too. So I'm excited about that. But yeah, um, I think I, that um, I know at like um, at the Builder Show last year, they're, you know, doing, trying to do a lot to, to get the trades, to get people to start you know, trying to get more young people involved. But I mean, I think an industry as an industry as a whole, you know, there's gotta be a little, you know, kind of probably more PR and marketing around, um, you know, around the, the, the field because people, it doesn't have that allure, um, kind of the sex appeal that a lot of other professions have. Yeah. No, it's true. I think um, I'm working with a group of, of high schoolers right now, and it's tough, especially with COVID. Um, the initial, initially, I wanted to do like master classes for from builders on site with my camera, going live and asking questions. But like, I can't take the kids out to job sites. You know, I right. like, have to, like that's so hard. So I remember um, last week, one of the kids was like. Are we actually gonna see some stuff? And I was like, I don't know. Right. <laughs> Are we just gonna talk? And I was like, I have no idea. We'll play by ear. Um, but there are, yeah, it is challenging uh, in that sense. But yeah, I completely agree with you. Just seeing like, you know, what it's like, really, what it's like, not just kind of the facade of of construction. Um, yeah, and you still see, you know, there's so so few women in the industry. Nope. Um, you know, I'll be walking on the job site and I think like, you know, on the view, there's like one female painter and I'm always like so happy. I see the, the one woman painter and I'm like, hi, how are you? Um, yeah. And there's, you know, but I mean, again, there's just, you know, very few, you know, most of the time, I mean, I'm on the job site. I am still the only female, Yeah. you know, of, of anyone on, of, you know, any, anyone in the industry on the site, salespeople, even, I mean, it's just, it's really interesting how we can't seem to kind of get, you know, that stereotype of construction is for yeah. men is, is still so prevalent. Even at the lumber yard sometimes too. Um, it's tough, you know, and, and, um, here we have T.W. Perry, as you know, um, there's, there's women, a lot of women in, in that lumber yard for sure. But um, yeah, there's always those challenges and it'd be great to see more diversity, um, more uh, uplifting. Like in this area, there's a lot of Latinos, the Latino community is so strong 
And so I'd love to just bring all those guys up and, and really um, make them one better carpenters, better builders, better um, with what they're seeing and quality materials readily accessible. There's so much to do. Um, yeah. So you, can only, you can only do so much. Yeah, um, exactly. But it's an interesting topic. But yeah, you know, I, I know you got to get going. I feel bad kind of holding you up here during the snowstorm. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> Um, this has been a blast and I'm really glad that uh, you sp like, I got a chance to talk to you. I know we've been trying to figure some, some stuff out. Um, but yeah, if you, if you guys are listening to this, make sure to one, follow Carp on Instagram, check out their projects. And Robin, you've been awesome. So thank you. I can't wait to uh, connect with you again. All right, Brian. It was so nice to meet you. I appreciate it. Thanks, Robin. All right. Have a great day.